So, you know, we was talking about this yesterday. I want to get your idea of, uh, and we was talking about the album and shit like that, but what are the different phases of hip-hop that you want to hit? Because like I said, bro, like you hit the early, like the, the old, like Earl Curtis Blow, like that Grandmaster Flash, the Funk Five and them, like that era, the, the heart, and you, like, you know, Some of like, those beats we was listening to yesterday. Those beats were like, you get those old beats. Official. You know, you have that era. Then you have like the, uh, you know, as it became a bit more in the 80s party, like, you know, you have the gangster rap, West Coast era, obviously. The so Danny's uh, rap era. Essentially, me and Zoe are going to, we're putting out a, a hip hop album. We're going to put it out as, as Bud and Roach on the GDP. And we're going to cover all the... Uh, all the eras of hip-hop. All the eras of hip-hop we grew up through. Go through some Beastie Boys. Like, you, you know, know, start with the classic shit. You know, get in, a little boom bap. A little, you know, back and forth. Play homage to some of our favorite acts that tag team the beach together. We could do uh, a little Capone and Noriega. Yeah. Huh? No, we're going to rap. We're yeah, going to rap. Yo, rapping. Danny, I got bars, man. Like, he got bars, but he never writes them down. And usually I start laughing in between. <laughs> like that that's that's the one thing. Like every time, especially when we uh, when we'd be at S Street trying to record back in the day, and he would just start a fucking freestyle at the beginning, like I'll press record on the computer. He goes into a freestyle. He knows that I'm recording it, but he'll fucking just go and then tell me to delete it afterwards, even though he just spit about a minute and a half of straight heat. But he doesn't write he don't write shit down. And then he keeps laughing when he fucking raps. Like, he doesn't even believe that he's doing it. <laughs> it's like, how is this? How, like, you, you would have the next three bars already in your head while you're spitting the first bar. And then you just start rattling off these rhymes. And I'm just looking at you like, this nigga don't even fucking voice record himself. Like, at least voice record it. We discussed it last night. I said I would start doing it, right? Like, You have to, bro. And when we put in that 4K camera in your face for a music video, you better not have no cheese smiles on your face. I'm going to have this smile right here. <laughs> You're going to look like Chris Tucker when he was in a music video with Michael Jackson. I can't believe I'm doing this, Mike. I finally got it. <laughs> like, I finally got it, Mike. Shit, bro. That's oh, one man. thing. When you gotta, The music video thing is a lot different. Yeah, yeah, like what you was telling me yesterday about how they did uh, the oldest video. I, I would have never known that. I would have thought they just slowed down the regular movements and shit. But like how you explain? Oh yeah, so uh, there's this effect that they use on Otis on the video for Otis from uh, Watch the Throne. That was on Watch the Throne, right? Watch the Throne, yeah. Uh, The Jay Z Kanye. So they were rapping. They had it looked like they sped up the song to like 1.5 the speed, and then they had everybody rap the song. Was that him? Oh, that was outside. outside. They they basically sped the song up to like 1.5 speed and then shot everything in like, it had to be like 120 frames a second because that shit was smooth. But then when they slowed the, the, the footage down, they're rapping on beat on course with the song perfectly, but everything around them is moving extra slow motion. And there's little things like that. I think we can do that with the Black Magic. I think that's one of yeah. the functions. So like, little things like that I, will make that shit look crazy. One Danny that day you said uh, one of these cameras is like Netflix certified. I looked it up. Is I was that like, the six K one? I because he got the Black Magic four K and the six. I saw I saw a six K like box one day. Like I saw, it was like, God damn, they have the six K, but I know they're doing like eight K TV some places. Um, they already got eight K. I saw like some places are like getting ready for eight K TVs. Um, I was um, 
But when you said that, like the Netflix certified camera, I was like, wow, what does that mean? And I Googled it to look it up, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's 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 what they shoot. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's... And, like, I saw the list of the cameras, and it's, like, from companies, like, the type of cameras, the type of specs you need on them, the type of lenses. They're, like, that some of them, you could use these lenses, that... And there's, like, certifications for each year. Like, some cameras get added, some get dropped. And when Danny, I, I never would have thought that it was that intensive to loot, like use these cameras like on their shit. It is, and like to see the <clears> price <throat> of these cameras on some of them that they use on those shits. So the the footage itself is beautiful, but it's very it's plain footage, right? So one of the biggest processes of, of putting together any sort of like a, especially like a big production Netflix or even a music video color correction. So now they sell these packs where it's like pre made plugins where you drag and drop. And it basically color corrects every clip that you have into whatever mood you want. If you want it to look like, like fucking um, Sin City, remember that movie Sin, C- yeah. uh, Sin City that everything was black and white except for the reds and shit like that. Like they have all of that shit available now. So now it's, n- it's not even like you got to go into a studio and color correct everything by yourself the way you used to have to. Or even if you like uh, if you recording music, let's say we drop a track in Logic, they have these pre. It was like prepackaged um, mixer settings where essentially you record a, re- a regular line of audio, and when you activate that, it basically puts it through the mixing process that will make it sound like radio oh, just shit. for the vocals. So we can buy that shit, bro. Just start pumping shit out left and right because now everything is packaged for us. It's just a matter of buying the shit now. Like we have all the tools, it's just a matter of buying the shit. Because time is money, and I'd rather buy the shit than fucking spend three days trying to color correct some goddamn footage. Like, that shit, we don't have to do that anymore, bro. We don't have Man, to do you want to talk about frustration, both of us be yelling at the goddamn screen. Man. And you know me, I already yell at the screen every fucking day. I remember when I shot the video for alcohol, we used um, this regular Canon camera. And I remember I did the cut, but I was looking at all the footage after the cut and it was still grainy and it didn't look legit yeah so i had to figure out a way around that shit and i ended up i highlighted everything on the video chain on the timeline i created a compound clip which made everything into one file it was just one straight cut i duplicated it and i added a blur to that duplicate and then i overlaid the blur on top of the the original one so it gave it this strong color and then a little blurry effect around that shit. And that people thought it was like a legit camera. It was a bullshit camera. So a lot of the shit that we do, it, it ends up in post that we have to do it. But now that we have all of these fucking shops that everybody's doing third-party plugins and you could just easily drag and drop shit, now's the time to start taking advantage of this shit, bro. Word. Yes, we do, man. Um, yes, we do. Like I told you... uh. I can't keep writing that notebook. That's going to be just my scrap notebook for like when I'm working on shit like what I do here. But I'm, I'll buy an actual, like I told you, like seeing Chappelle with his notebook during that special. Made me know I needed one. I just, you know, it's me. I procrastinate on certain things. Not everything. There's certain things I go charging head forward and I know I got to take care of. And there's other things I just sit and, you know, I procrastinate. I was like, eh, I could have done something. I got to call you out on something, though. What did I do? So you just said you was going to have the book like Chappelle did on his last special. But I remember a time when we were still doing what well, we were trying to do some stand-up at Pine Box. And one of the guys I'm went not up, taking the book on stage. No. That's what I was going to say. No, I'd never do that. No. Chappelle did that 
that but night, he earned absolutely. his stripes already. He he's more than he's a fucking allowed comedian. to do that, and you could tell he was trying to line up his thoughts. That that was you see how raw it was, the emotion of it. He's just getting thoughts out. He needed that. Uh, Chappelle's not gonna take a book up on stage and still get lost and need the whole joke written there for him to know what he has to say. I ain't doing that. I mean, I actually have a nicer book. Did to the write guy it. do that? Was yes. that what he did? Yes. Was he funny? Not necessarily. Kinda. It was very. Uh, I won't say cringy humor. Was, you say sad humor? Pity? Pity? Can you say sad pity humor? Yeah. It's like ah, uh-huh. ah, cute. Kinda. Yeah. I feel bad for you guys. The only person that I saw that killed that room was Casey Salengo. And Casey went on. Then he like started doing like some big shit. Like he did Letterman. Like he did one of two yeah. Letterman spots for now. Fucking Casey Salengo, because the other people there, we're not going to say names, but that is not my kind of humor, bro. There's a... There was too much silliness. It was... It, it was, was a lot of silly, not enough comedy. There's one thing to try to be funny on stage. There's another thing to have jokes. They didn't have jokes. It was just a lot of, hey, look at me. I'm drunk. I'm stupid. I'm on stage. <laughs> I'm on stage. I got a microphone. And, <laughs> you know, those are the ones that get, you know, frustrated at not achieving shit, you know. It's like, why is nobody liking my comedy? Like, because you didn't write it. You didn't write it. You can't steal the Bro, words I, off a meme and try to post it as were, a status. Were you there when I tried when I did my set the first time that I tried? Yeah, you were funny. I laughed. Like Bro, you said some funny shit. But I had I I wrote everything out. Like I had everything written. I was rehearsing that shit. I was trying to get my timing down. Then I went on stage and I just fucking blanked i remember half of what i wrote and then the other half i was just trying to like fill up the time it's my biggest fear is getting up there but i was just i drew a fucking blank bro like there were times i went up i got the laughs i wanted there's times you know me i have to i have to build it i'm I'm a steady crescendo to it it's not just i don't get up and it's funny like i get there and then it's ha and ha again like i'm crescendo you know your punchline you just have to be concise in how you get to it because and I have to not laugh before I get to it. Yeah. Laughing at your own jokes in a stand-up when no one else is laughing. <laughs> it's like, well, at least I'll make myself laugh. You know who's one of my favorite comedians of all time? He's fucking dead, but um, Mitch Hedberg. Just one-liners. No segues. It's like literally everything. And he would just have a Rolodex of... 200, 300 one-liners that he wrote and he would just have them shits in his mind. Joe Rogan was talking about him the other day, I think with Artie Lang. Uh, it might have been like a year ago and I watched it the other day. And they was trying to figure out how it was that he could remember what jokes he said if every single one of his jokes is a one-liner and he's doing our sets. Some people just have it. Like if you see that clip of... Uh, <clears throat> and he would go on stage on heroin. Yeah. If you see that clip of Amon Shumpert talking about uh talking about LeBron, his level of preparation for uh, for basketball for the game, and he's like, yo, one day, like you know, we playing, and he, yo, he's like, yo, you know, I played for this dude. Like one day he comes in, he's like, yo, they just hired this new defensive coach. They're gonna play us this way when you run baseline. He's telling because I played for him at a camp when I was like 14 years old. He's talking about Bron, 
And he's talking about like the way, like his level of preparation, like, yo, like when they do this, he's like, I gave him that shot there because when you shoot that shot from that spot, he's 17%. And look, he missed it, right? But I'm, I'd be close out. He's like, he's telling them where to close out. And like, and he's like, yo, one day I threw him the ball and the whole time, not even looking, telling me, if he follows you, you go this way and tell him, he's like, all in like a couple seconds, telling Tristan, JR, which way to go. All while he gets the ball, he's like, hey, I get the ball. Like, he's like, he gets the ball. He's like, telling me, he's telling JR where to go spot. He's like, yo, he cuts, you go there. He, he don't cut, you come this way. Curl back. I'm sorry. Uh, come back and curl <laughs> this way. And uh, I fucked up my shot. No, nah, I didn't. I caught the microphone. I didn't hit the lens. Microphone. <laughs> it's like he's telling a him too like, hype, just, like he's telling him like how he like just the way he's telling everybody. Cut. He's telling Kevin Love like what a spot. He's like I see this man like he gets a pass and with no like just behind the back, length of the court like. And he's talking about like that level of preparation. There's people that just have that skill to like know and like remembrance for shit they do. Like, like you think of like comedians who don't go out and do the same jokes, tell the same jokes. Like, and we've seen people tell the same joke for weeks. <clears throat> they was they was talking about. I'm, I'm keep going back to Rogan because I watch a lot of Rogan. But they, on there they was talking about. I think it was Rogan and Anthony Cheswick. They was talking about um, when they would go to the comedy room out in L.A. And surprise comics will show up and they'll put them on stage and they'll end up doing six-hour sets. God damn. Eddie Griffin. A six-hour set? Eddie Griffin will get there at 10 o'clock at night and be done by 3.30 in the morning. And then they are like, all right, the next comic. <laughs> it's like everybody <laughs> fucking left. Like, what are you talking about? So the fact that people go out there. Like, another person they were saying was, uh, I think, Damon Wayans. He was another one that he would just go out there and do hours and hours, and he wouldn't even care if he was funny. He's just on stage with the mic, and he'll get a few laughs and shit like that. But when you work out in public, it's like going to a, a gym if you're skinny. You're just working out in public, and you're just kind of like everyone's seeing you work your shit out as opposed to going on stage and having a polished 10 minutes where you absolutely fucking kill, and you didn't need six hours of just fucking segues. That's the difference between niggas that write and niggas that don't. It's like, yeah, I mean, but some people writing's tough. Like I said, man, like writing's always been tough for me. Though I can write, like it's it's not the most easiest thing to come to me. You also know I have a very scattered mind most times. Like you also know I have a very 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 short attention span, and like like it's a struggle. Like because of that, there's two reasons mainly, and 